We're on the next episode of Friday Night Counterattack. How's everyone doing today? We've got a special guest. Very here. excited. Very excited to have Sanjay. Sanjay, what are you saying, bro? Thank you for having me, bro. I'm a big fan. Biggest, biggest YouTube fan. <laughs> Subscription on Spotify. Follow all of that, man. Oh, I remember a Friday night. Wait, wait, well. wait, Aris, man, you got to introduce him properly. It's oh my Sun- god, Vish. you do, you do, it, you do, it, bro. Sunday, Coley, Coley. Let me just emphasize the surname, Coley. Um, yeah, welcome, Sunday. Uh, Cheers, Coley. Bro. Thank you for having me, man. I, I, I was, I've, I've been listening for a few weeks, and uh, I don't know. I just found it very entertaining. There's a lot of characters, so it's it's nice to be here. Yeah, nice. That's to good, have you. man. We're missing a couple characters today. Uh, well, they'll be coming out like half time. We've got Salim and Saf coming in later. So it's basically five Man United fans where we could go riot on Man United. But I think we'll oh, see. literally all United fans right now. Isn't it? There's no, there's no uh, Bradford boys here. No Bradford fans. No Perry Bar FC fans. It's just straight Man United today. Straight Man United. Nah, no apparent cool. Chelsea fans either. <laughs> uh, your hammers, your hammers, your up one nil. No, don't miss about already. Who scored? I don't know. You know, I just seen it on my phone. Notification come up. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's why Stalin isn't here today. <laughs> I, I can't wait. Please, I can't wait. Time. Is it coming out? Is it coming out half time? Oh, that's fine. scored. That's yeah, Stalin's missing the podcast to watch Aston Villa. That's what he's up to today. Unbelievable. But this is Yo. our first podcast since uh, the passing of Diego Maradona. So that's just something we can't. R.I.P. to the legend. We can't just ignore it, even though we are of the next generation. And it's just one of those things. So I just wanted to talk about how he had such an impact in the world of football and in the world in general, really. And I just wanted to know before I go on, with, I've got a few things prepared, but I just want to go around one by one. What's Diego Maradona meant to you in terms of football? No, obviously he's a great player. We all knew that. I think obviously us being like a couple of generations or a couple of generations after Obviously, we'd, we'd still grow up hearing all our elders, our uncles, our dads, all talking about how good this guy was on the ball. Obviously, he was famous, obviously, a lot of the time for what he did against England, obviously, with the hand of God and all that kind of stuff. That's what we used to hear growing up because we knew how much he meant to our country winning the World Cup. Obviously, he's someone who nobody really would say a bad thing about in terms of his performances on the pitch. And obviously, but with us, like, we've just watched all the videos of him and what, and what a player to watch. And I think it's probably harder to do it on the pitch in them days as well with the conditions and obviously the state of the art pitches as well compared to the how they got now. So, yeah, a no, massive player, one of the greatest of all time, without doubt. I'm glad you mentioned the fact that we had to learn from our uncles and our elders about Diego Maradona because my uncle, who I was speaking to today, he was happy to talk about Diego Maradona as his footballing hero. So, again, it's just something that Back in those days, you could foul however you f- wanted to foul. There was no player protection at the time. There was no way of playing on these beautiful pitches that you see at places in like League One and League Two clubs, let alone in top tier Italian football and uh, Spanish football. So in, in terms of that, like my uncle would always just tell me about how Maradona was the best player, how he took um, Napoli, who we know at, the t- at this time, they're a decent team, Europa League, Champions League type team. They were a relegation, they were a relegation battling team when, before he came. They were a very poor uh, Italian team and again, mafia country where they were at. So for Diego to go there from Barcelona and change it around and win two league titles, score around 80 goals in 188 appearances is, is insane. Obviously, we all know how much he meant to the footballing world. Um, and one thing I'd like to say is that, you know, one thing about football is people, a player scores a wonder goal and people say he's a legend. 
I think the word legend is overused. And in terms of Maradona, he is the biggest legend. Um, his stats speak for himself. What he'd done for football speaks for itself. And, you know, since he passed away, I've seen loads and loads of videos all over social media. And it's just incredible to see his energy, his passion um, for the game and what he did for the game was just incredible. And I've also watched his series on Netflix. I started it on Thursday. It's a seven-episode um, series. and uh, Episode. Episode, sorry. And it's about Maradona, and he went to manage a team in Mexico. And it's amazing what he'd done in such a short amount of time. Um, and I highly urge all our listeners, or if any of you here haven't seen it, just to go check it out. Just, just to touch on that, Vish, I've just started watching it as well. I think I'm on episode three. One of the things I noticed from the documentary, and I know you better say as well, is the relationship that he has with his players, whatever room he walks into, the way he starts dancing with them, the way he's talking to them, is literally like like a father to them. You can tell, like you can tell, he was a people's person. That's why the people loved him wherever he went, um, especially in Napoli, as Hamza said as well. This guy was a real, true leader. He knew how to lead. He went to this team who was struggling. As a manager, the team in Mexico, uh, the team, the name I think is Doradas, um, and he completely lifted them and started winning games, got challenging for playoff positions, going to the top half of the table, and that just shows the kind of man he is. Like he's one of them people who are, I think the correct word to use is polarizing, right? Like he walks into the room and you can literally feel it. Like I was sitting at home watching his team talk. I was like, I want to, I want to die for this geezer. I want to, I want to go play for him. Do you know what I mean? Mate, it's like I'll tell you how kind amazing of it was. I'm, I'm the kind of person like someone will tell me to watch something. I watch one yeah. episode and I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it for ages. But yeah. I started on Thursday and I finished it on Saturday, and because yeah. I was addicted to it, I was addicted to his energy and. Same things you just said there, like I would want to die for him if he was my manager. And that's just him as a manager. Can you imagine what he was like as a player with his teammates? Playing, imagine playing behind him and you see Mate. him running. Diego Maradona was the orig- original Trek Batista, our original name, Friday Night Trek Batista. So again, playing in the hole for a number 10, he, he made that position his own and he's a legend for that. And again, going back to the whole Napoli thing, that's what fascinates me the most. The fact that he went from uh, debt-stricken lower league Napoli in the height of Italian football, the peak of Italian football where AC Milan, Juventus, Inter Milan, Lazio were running the game on these pitches. And he takes Napoli from the bottom to the top. He wins two league titles with them, wins a UEFA Cup. And I think he won like a Coppa Italia as well. So the fact that he's done that amongst winning the World Cup in 1986 for Argentina. Again, my uncle, he told me how Maradona is probably the first person to win the World Cup by himself and win league titles by himself at the same time. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that a lot about Maradona. I, think and like, I can't think of anyone in our generation that's done that in terms of World Cup and league titles. When you talk about Napoli, I think you need, you need to speak about what he did for them politically as well. Because I don't know if you know, like politically in, in those times, they were looked at very working class. They were, they, they were looked at as like the lowest class in Italy. They're called like the dirt of Italy. I think politically as well. Africans, he took, he, I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He got the Africans um, of Italy. Um, and he obviously took him from down here back up there. Um, so even politically, 
um, he did a lot for them as well, not just footballing-wise. I think the important thing to touch on is, uh, I think you mentioned it about, I think you said something about going in for tackles and playing on like horrible pitches. And I feel like that that connects to the depth of what a real character is, especially in sport and, and, and more so in football. Um, just because of, in comparison to now, it's it's just it's two different worlds. It's it's polarizing, like Arif said, you know. And his his sort of his depth and his gravity as a character is is enough, aside from all his footballing achievements, to impact uh, to impact the younger generation, us, the generation above us, and and the ones just before uh, Maradona himself. And yeah, and then and then obviously his actual footballing talents as well. I think it's sometimes a little bit of a shame when you hear that a legend has passed in the first thing. Yes, he was known for the, the hand of God situation. I think maybe us being in England um, adds weight to that. Uh, maybe around the world, it's not necessarily such a, a defining moment. But yeah, I think overall, it, it incredible just his his existence and the impact that he's had globally. Even people that didn't even you know aren't necessarily into their football that much. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's very sad. Um, I just wanted to say about how learning about Maradona, because for me, I'm not someone that gets emotional when footballers pass away. I'll be blunt about it. But when you learn about the emotional connection that he had with the fans, with the country in general, and then the world, it's ridiculous. The reach he had on people. I look at that in terms see of... see what's happened in the Argentina right now. They've gone into, they went into three days of national mourning. Yeah. The fact that people are rushing to his, uh, his casket it shows that even in death, he's so revered and so loved and people just want to be with him. And that little touch with his daughter in that in his box in the Boca Junior Stadium and the players applaud him, it's just, it takes you no, away. She's was, she was very, very upset. Well, she would be, wouldn't she? But seeing it is just so sad. Well, and I think that's what's happened over the last few days since it's passed away. I've gone from someone that's, again, being that classic Brit of, oh yeah, he was the guy with the hand of God. He's got amazing goals. He did this, that and the other two oh, wow, this is the impact it's had on not just people in Argentina, but in the world. There are temples with Diego Maradona's name on there, people that get married, not with the Bible, but with Diego Maradona's book. And there are so many charities that Diego Maradona's uh, started and helped out that will always go under the radar because he's such a footballing legend that the fact that he's done so much in charity work, that really hits home for me. And it really hits home for the people that he's obviously helped. So... That's just something I've I found out over the last few days as well. So this is from one of my favourite documentaries of him um, that I watched about a year ago, but I watched it again after he passed away. It's um, it's one of his trainers. Well, his main trainer, the one he was at Napoli. This is what he said about him. I don't think it's a little bit long, but so what he said was, this is his trainer. I learned, and before before I say it, it the, the purpose of this is basically speaking on his mentality. And I think to be successful, this is something that you need to have. So what he said was, I learned there was Diego and there was Maradona. Diego was a kid who had insecurities, a wonderful boy. Maradona was the character he had to come up with in order to face the demands of the football business and the media. Maradona couldn't show any weakness. One day I told him that with Diego, I would go to the end of the world. But with Maradona, I wouldn't take a step. And then Maradona said, but without Maradona, he'd still be in Villa Fiorito, which is, which is where he grew up in that poor place. So basically what he's saying was, and what a lot of people have said actually, 
Maradona had two different personalities. So it was Diego, very nice guy, still the little boy. And there was Maradona, you know, the guy that done the hand of God, the guy that literally done anything to win. And I think if you want to be successful and you want to achieve, you know, things that not everyone else is achieving, you need to become that other person. Like on a football pitch, you can't, you can't be, you can't always be a nice guy. You have to completely switch whatever you're thinking, you're thinking and become, you know, almost not a nice guy. So yeah, I wanted to add that in. That just shows that he had two personalities and Maradona is what took him to be the legend that we talk about today. Yeah, I think just to add on that, Arif, as well, that sort of concept of duality is, is so familiar and common amongst superstars of any, like of sport, of music, of, of acting, whatever it is. Um, it reminds me of two things, actually. The first thing was I watched, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but the Henri Mbappe Anthony Joshua call. They yeah, yeah, like, I've seen that. Yeah, and Henri was talking about you can't lose that little kid within you because then then you've lost it. And then it also reminds me of um, I can't remember if it was a documentary, but there was something about Messi as well, and they were talking about how how recluse he is and how like every night after he played at the new camp, he would basically like metaphorically fly back to Rosario and go 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 live where he lives with his, his childhood sweetheart and his kids. It's like he's in one world in front of millions of people and then the next hour he's home and he's back to little Lionel or you know or whatever his existence was then. Um and yeah man that's just I think that's just a really it's a recurring theme that I've come across a lot in yeah in a lot of a lot of different walks of life. Yeah I can understand that because I was again listening to some of the tributes and one of them was like he was on a different plane when he played the game of football. He was the boy on the streets in Argentina and he could take it to the highest of highs. But when he was off the pitch, he was the guy that was partying, is involved in all sorts off the pitch. And it was just the fact that um, the media would focus on him. And because we're English people, all of our media, even though when he passed away, they'd focus on the hand of God. I'm pretty sure it's not like that in other countries like Sanjay alluded to. The fact that if you're in Africa or in Asia, just be the genius of the footballer. But... It is what it is, I'm afraid. But I'm very happy that we actually got to learn a lot more about him over the last few days. And I'm glad that we got to talk about him because if I didn't get to talk about him, I don't think I'd have appreciated or in a way kind of loved learning about Diego Maradona. I think that's something I want to kind of do now, learn more about the heritage of a lot of these great football. Rest in peace. Rest May in God peace. bless him. Yeah. Legend. Well, last in note, the fact that Napoli are going to change the stadium name to Diego Maradona. I think that's a very, very, very sweet touch as they should man yeah but that's that's a nice touch man but as they should and then moving on to our five side of the week we just wanted to again pay tribute to Diego Maradona and again just saying all the student Argentina five aside so Sanjay you're our guest Mr. Coley go ahead yeah absolutely I think um I think I'm gonna have to start with Romero in goal yeah no, no explanation needed uh, <laughs> not that United fan I think yeah exactly and then and then my other my my back my sort of two players at the back and maybe midfield is, is um, Zabaleta and Mascherano the reason mm, I chose yeah. Mascherano is because I, I feel like he's just he's just down for it he, he'll just ride and he'll do whatever he has to do yep. um, maybe he's not the most talented but I just feel like sometimes you don't you need the you just need that fire and then um, when, when we move up front I mean sorry I don't know how, how much I'm supposed to talk about it but I'm just going to run no, you can through. go into as much as you want bro so that's three, and then and then obviously they they've got like a, an array of of strikers that you can pick from. Um, 
obviously Maradona gets gets his spot in there, and then uh, I'd have to go with Messi. Just just um, yeah, Messi in it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to really say anymore to be honest, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, so mine. Um, I'll tell you straight. I'm not going to put a key player in this. It's five aside. They can all take in turns to go in goal because there's no good Argentinian <laughs> goalkeeper. And I've just about to have one defender that makes the call, and that's going to be Javier Zanetti. Brilliant player. We've seen him do a lot over his time. Obviously, coming towards the end of his career into Milan, what he did under that Mourinho in that season, being obviously the leader in that team. They had loads of leaders, but obviously being the captain in that Mourinho side, doing what he did. Obviously, doing it for so many years with the Argentina as well. So, Zanetti makes it at the back and running goals. Then I've put, um, I've just gone all out attack because I think that's just the way Argentina have been from day one. They've not been very good at like just sitting back and defending. They've always been put our most attacking players out and even if we concede we'll ask for the opposition so I've gone with uh, Batistuta brilliant player as well didn't watch obviously much of it myself but it's similar situation to Maradona he's before my generation but having watched videos afterwards and seeing how olders obviously that I know that obviously good footballing minds watch the game a lot they said the same thing um, brilliant player to watch so Batistuta for Fiorentina if anyone's listening just YouTube it you'll thank me yeah, that's it that's it and then, uh, um, yeah, so, so far Zanetti, Batistuta, and I've gone with Raquel May, brilliant creative player. I don't think he was probably a, a glamorous player, but I think with him, it was just more or less standing in the middle of the pitch, pulling the strings, didn't mind getting stuck in as well, going back. Overall, a basically a complete player for Argentina. Another um, Trent Batista as well. Originally. Yeah, but another one, another one. Brilliant player to watch as well. And then obviously final two, I think... Everyone should have it. If you haven't got it, there's going to be questions. It's going to be Messi and Maradona, two brilliant players. Um, yeah, obviously, the, the, names, the names speak for themselves. No one should ever have to justify why they put Maradona or Messi into an all-time Argentinian five-star team. Five-star team, sorry. So, yeah, going with the, them two. So, we've got Zanetti, we've got Batistuta, we've got Ricalme, we've got Messi, and we've got Diego Maradona. Cool. So um, in goal, I'm going to have a keeper on like Rahil did. Um, got Sergio Romero, greatest Argentine keeper of my generation um, and best number two in the world un- until we got uh, De- uh, Dean Henderson in there. Um, then I've got uh, Javier Zanetti being 20 years at Inter. He was, he was he's, I would say he's one of the biggest pieces in that power shift in Milan. Um, and of course, that Champions League final with Mourinho in 2010, that was, that was a great final. Um, then I've got Mario Kempes. Now, I'll be honest, I never knew about him until now, but doing research on him. So this guy, he's a two-time La Liga top scorer. He's in, in the um, World Cup. He got a golden ball, golden boot, and won the World Cup all in one World Cup, which is crazy. And he's obviously this, uh, this was 19... I think... 197 one of the 1970s I don't even know was it 1978 it, when they won the World Cup yeah 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 1978 1978 yeah yeah, yeah. so he, he won all those three and he got a Ballon d'Or uh, Ballon d'Or as well um, and I've got Gabriel Batistuta in there as well so arguably Argentina's deadliest goal scorer as a kid I always growing up I used, always used to hear about him as well because my dad's side of the family believe it or not there's Juve and AC Milan um fans in there so they're big Italian uh, Serie A supporters um, and I used to always hear about him even as a kid um, and obviously he was a great player as well and I've gone with Diego Maradona um, don't need to say any more really it's Diego Maradona and yeah Messi doesn't quite make my five aside unfortunately <laughs> Staff will argue when he logs on so it's all good yeah my friend you are off it that's go all on, I'm going to say 
You're mad. For me, it doesn't have the mentality for my team, so it's just one of them ones. Oh, wow. Moving on to my team, I've got Romero in goal for obvious reasons. Um, his links to Manchester United and number one Argentina goalkeeper. Then I've got Zabaleta, Pablo Zabaleta. Um, reason I've got him, I just think like he's a rock at the back. When you look at him, like you're scared. Uh, just looking at his face, so you know any anyone trying to attack him, good luck. That's a, um, that's an interesting justification, Vish. Um, I'm just telling my opinion, isn't it? <laughs> but then um, my front three um, gone very, very attacking. I've got Aguero, um, Messi, and Maradona. The yep. reason I've gone with an attacking, attacking front three is because obviously goals will win you games, and you know these three will always score you goals from anywhere. Um, and I think Messi. Obviously, he didn't make your team, Arif, because uh, you don't think he's got the mentality. But, you know, on the ball, um, he will score you goals. You know, that's what I've done with him. Because um, I, I don't see any other Argentinian striker to get in there. i got Romero, Zabaleta, Aguero, Messi and Maradona. Now, I'm changing mine because Raheel's kind of broken the rules about a keeper. So, I think I'll do the same. Nice one, Raheel. So, in goal, uh, we'll go for Javier Zanetti. An absolutely beautiful player to watch. As a defender, you don't get to describe many fullbacks or centre backs as beautiful. Zanetti was one, Lam was another that I could say. And he just played the game the Italian way in, in Argent, as an Argentinian player. And it's fantastic to see him under so many different managers and just see him thrive for so many years. Let's say for me, I'm not I'm not gonna put Batistuta in because again, he's one of my brother's favourite players growing up, watching that uh Italian show like goal with Goal Lazio Italian show, whatever it was, because you'd learn so much about him on like a Saturday morning. But he's again just going to get a little shout out. But for me, I'm going to go one Sebastian Veron. Oh, brilliant! For me, he was someone Veron. My uncle, who was like, he was good for us, but he was great for Parma, and he was decent for Chelsea, but he was great for Parma. And again, just watching videos back, he was just a fantastic ball player. Someone that didn't get the best, we didn't get the best out of him, but he won titles at Old Trafford, which is good to see. Then Juan Roman Raquelme, again, the Trequatista, the number 10 in the middle, just someone that, just make that team tick, like Raheel was saying, someone that will get you goals, score free kicks, just a wonderful player to see. Then again, Lionel Messi, I don't need to say any more, he's an amazing talent, and we'll probably have to say Diego Maradona is the last one. You know how I don't really like to say, oh, I'm going to go for people before my time because I didn't see them, but because I've now seen him in the documentary and everything, I'm definitely going to say him. And again, for someone who took uh, the equivalent of Sheffield United from the bottom of the table to the top of the table. Again, Arif likes to talk about goats and Vish, and we've all done it before, talking about the greatest of all time. Would Messi or Ronaldo be able to do that going to like lower league uh, Germany or lower league France or Italy or wherever and just take them from bottom to the top by himself and Argentina win the World Cup by himself? But again, that's my team. We've got Javier Zanetti, one Sebastian Veron, then we've got one Roman Raquelme, Lionel Messi, and Diego Maradona. Okay, now that we've all got our teams out the way, they're very good team tents, but can you please answer how Messi has not made it into your team? You said for, you said because of his mentality now, yes? Yeah. Please, ex- please explain that because you're, you're saying Messi shouldn't make it because of his mentality, but then you put in a guy who nobody knows. What's I'm going to tell you now, don't worry. Uh, all right, Saf, Saf, I'll tell you what you've missed. We basically all picked up five aside Argentinian team now, yeah? All of us had Messi in there, except for this one person. And guess what? Guess what his reason was? 
his mentality isn't good enough. But he's picked a guy that's just done, that's done good on just basically goals and stuff. What's his name, did you say? Mario Kempes. Exactly. So you put him in over Leo Messi. I'm surprised, yeah, this guy didn't mention Marcus Rojo in every single position, bro. <laughs> bro. Right, so, so let me, can I, can I, can I just justify? So, my, Saf, you want to hear? So, I'm just going to say what my team was. So, Sergio Ramos in goal, Javier Zanetti, Sergio Romero. Uh, Mario Kem- Sergio Ramos in goal. Ramos in goal. This is like killing it. Please. <laughs> Second time. Right, let me let me go. Let me, let me, okay, take two. Take two. So Saf, you are here. So my team is Sergio Romero, Javier Zanetti, Mario Kempes, Gabriel Batistuta, and Diego Maradona, of course. Um, so the reason why Messi couldn't be in my team, I mean, if you look at my attacking front three, so we've got Mario Kempes, Gabriel Batistuta, Diego Maradona. So these guys Absolute legend. Mario Kempes is the guy you said nobody knows about. Um, he's actually regarded as one of the greatest of all time. He, he, he is a legend, um, what he's done in the game as well. So for me, he's, he's won a World Cup. In a, you know, playing football back in the day is tough. So for him to you know, win the Golden Ball, Golden Boot, World Cup and a Ballon d'Or, for me, he gets in there. But Messi, he's, he's done it for his country as well. Messi hasn't. He's flopped for his country. I would rather have these Gabriel Batistuta and Mario Kempes over Lionel Messi. It's just the simple. I don't think, I think right. it's pretty that's, straightforward, that's, to be honest. That's fine. That's fine, yeah. All right. I see yeah. what you're coming from. Let's put it this yeah. way now, yeah. We can name so many players who have won yeah. a World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can name so many good players that haven't. Yeah. Yeah. So you're trying to say if you've won a World Cup, that automatically puts you above a player that hasn't. I don't think I don't think automatically, but for me, there's that which is, which is a big plus. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, you'd be hundred percent right. I mean, there's been some players that are laughable that have won a World Cup, but for me, that's that's still a big factor. And also reading upon reading upon him, as I already said, I didn't know much about him, but reading upon him, um, I just feel like he'd have a much his mentality is a lot stronger than um, the current number ten for Argentina, um, which is why you know he's he, for me he gets in above Messi. The mentality is just for me. I'm big on mentality. Like if I'm building a team, your me- mentality has got to be number one. Um, yeah, but this is the this greatest team for Argentinian me. player of all yeah. time, and he's not in your team. I don't understand why. You know, you all you know. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, I don't think. I, don't, think he, for, I don't even player. think he's the greatest Argentinian player of all time. He's why, definitely not the greatest. Is Diego Maradona? Is Diego Maradona? He's the greatest of all time. Okay, okay. How can you regard someone who's not won a World Cup and someone who's won a World Cup over the guy that's won a World Cup? How can you regard him as the greatest Argentinian player? He's not okay, won a World so Cup. Should we just go and say someone like Lady? Olivier Giroud is better than Cristiano Ronaldo because he's won a World Cup. You don't know what you're saying. We're talking, we're talking, we're talking, we're talking countries. Yeah, we're talking about country by country. So you, this is you're you're talking about France and Argentina. If we're saying the greatest um, Argentinian player of all time, you're, so you're saying Messi is, you know, a greater no, but, right, player than Diego Maradona. Let, let me let me can I get my all point right, across? Let yeah, me get, get, get then then I'll, then I'll let you speak. So you're regarding Lionel Messi a greater player than Diego Maradona. For me, Diego yes. Maradona, first of all, his mentality is far beyond Lionel Messi. Far far beyond Lionel Messi. Far beyond, like it's not even. You can't even compare them. I mean, Maradona said it himself. Like Lionel Messi does not have a personality. He doesn't have the personality. So that was a big win, first in my opinion. Um, 
Diego Maradona has won a World Cup for his country. He's carried. He's, he's more than carried his country right to a World Cup. Um, that's just, just it, there's no there's no arguments in this. There's there's no debate in this for me. Real like this, that's this is where you're going wrong because what what you're saying what you're saying now is yeah you're saying we're talking about the greatest Argentinian player yeah but you, the way you're talking is like we're talking about who is the greatest Argentinian winner of all time. We're talking about on the on the pitch, on the ball. Don't get me wrong, they're both very similar players, but for me, it has to be Leo Messi. The two greatest players of all time are Cristiano Ronaldo and Leo Messi. Ronaldo is on, number on one and ball. Messi is second. So no, I'm, saying, I'm, 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 I'm talking about I'm talking about overall players. Them two are okay. the best, the greatest of all time. Okay, so even on the ball, right? Maradona is a better player technically. No, he's not. No, he he's not. I, I, let no, me he's tell not. you why. Let me tell you what I think. Why? Then you can. Then you can. Then you can counter me. Okay. One thing Hamza said was, like, you could foul back in the day. You could literally foul. You could foul someone twenty times and not get carded. So that was That's Maradona playing carded. at that time. Not getting carded. Let no, me not getting carded. Here, let no, me finish. Let me finish. Not getting carded. Is a foul. Is a foul. A foul. Yes or no? The player still gonna go down on the floor. So yeah, but it's a lot they, more. It's a lot more aggressive what, back what then. Which I'm trying to say. It was a lot more aggressive back then, which is one trying, and you know it is, okay? So he was, you know, beating up players back in the day with his skill. And for me, it was much, so much more tougher um, to play the way he did back then, and he bossed it. Lionel Messi, he's, he's, look, he's a, he's a great player. His ability is, is a generational talent. I mean, on the ball, he, for me, technically, as in skill-wise, he's better than Cristiano Ronaldo skill-wise, in my opinion. Um, although I still believe that Cristiano Ronaldo is far better the greatest player of all time. But anyway, skill-wise, Diego Maradona was a better player on the pitch for me as well. I mean, he showed it. You could see it, what he was doing on the pitch. It, what he did on the pitch, it, for me, is better than what Messi what Messi is doing right now. So, for me... Nah, what is Messi doing right Off the pitch, on the pitch, skill-wise, he's just a better player. He's we were just talking about... What's, what's uh, this is your problem. You're saying greatest player. Sorry to drop you. are talking. You're saying greatest player... <laughs> But then you keep talking about personality of the page, what he's doing and his friends. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're saying, I am just saying talking the greatest about the player of all time. It's not just about pitch. on the pitch. No, then you, then you'll say, the then, no, then you'll say the greatest person of all time to have played football. That's what you would have said. Then. We are talking <laughs> about playing on the pitch. Yeah. Messi is by far way more, or not way more, but he is more gifted than Maradona. You know why? Well, I've just said yeah. I don't think yeah. so with that that's front fine. either. That's fine. That's fine. Let me be honest here. How many years was Maradona at the top doing it for? The goals he used to score, that you're saying Messi scored as well. How many years? Because for me, Leo Messi is almost coming to a decade he's been doing it. I mean, sorry, not a decade. Just you know what? About on, that front, on that front, you're right. Messi has, Messi has been doing it there in this go. era for a, longer, for a lot longer. To say all time, well, no, but to say all time, you have, for me, you have to have dominated for at least, no, for at least, a, for at least a decade. So someone can come yeah. and dominate for one season and they can it's be classed as the greatest No, but I'm giving me, you an example. I'm giving you an example. No, no, you, you know, you, that's a fair point, Rahil. Uh, that's a fair point, 100%. But what I would say to that is the impact he's made in a shorter time is far greater. It's far greater than what Messi's done. It's far greater. Nobody. What he done at Napoli, won a World Cup. Won a World Cup? Like, I don't understand why this is even a debate. He's won a World Cup. But then we're gonna Messi needs to win a World Cup. Then we're going to come back to the point I made before. So many great players. The player you're saying that's the greatest of all time, which I agree to, hasn't won a World Cup. So shall we not call him the greatest of all time? Because he hasn't okay, won a World it's Cup. A, it, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. But when you, for me, in my opinion, when you just add everything together, 
For me, in my opinion, it there's there's no debate. Yeah, but you're me. adding what you've been told in a in a Netflix TV series. I'm just talking about on the page. <laughs> no, you know that's not true. For a longer just, period yeah, of I've, time, I've done, it is. I've done much more research than just Netflix. No, shall I be honest with you? It happens to me as well. When you watch something, yeah, and you yeah. recently watched it as well, you're all that's always going to be fresh in your mind. Yeah, you're always going to think, you know, no, but you know when people will start appreciating how good nobody yet to this day that knows about football actually know how good Leo Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo are. You know, the day they don't play football... I understand. No, you don't understand. I do understand. You didn't live through Maradona. All right, it's different. Don't get me wrong. We've seen what he did. He won a World Cup, blah, blah, blah. Don't get me wrong. No disrespect. We've seen all of that, obviously, by watching videos. But Messi, we have seen do it. When Messi started, how old old were you, Arif? This is going back... This is going back 14 years ago. How old were you? How old were you 14 years ago? 14 years ago, probably like 12, 13. There you go. Then how old do you know? This is how long this guy's been doing. We've grown up seeing this guy dominate football alongside Cristiano Ronaldo. And that's why for me, I have to regard him as better than Maradona. Purely because you know I've what? seen him for so long as well. You know what? And you're you make, only going to realise it once he's not playing football anymore. You know what? You might, you might be right. And look, you make some fair points. But for me looking, at, me, looking at what's in front of me right now, everything added together, I don't think if you're talking about the greatest Argentinian of all time, what he's done off the pitch, I'm just talking about players and you keep talking about what he's done. His accolades, his accolades, his won a World Cup and his skill for me. Diego Maradona is the greatest Argentinian of all time. Cristiano Ronaldo is the greatest footballer of all time. I think I think we'll just agree to disagree with that one. That was a very helpful debate. And again, I wanted to interject so many times, but I just left you to it. So it's cool. Fine. Go on, Saf. Tell us your five-a-side team for Argentina. Well, it's been eventful since I started, man. Yes, <laughs> the fun. I, mean, I, I wanted to join in, but then I was like, you know what? I want to listen to this because I want to see where it's coming from and. You know, I, 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 I thought I, you were still in the gulag from a couple of weeks ago, bro. To be no, 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 no. The thing is, the thing is, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's all you know football talk. But the thing is, there's some things that make sense and some things that don't. Yeah, in just terms like of what football, you were talking about two weeks ago, every single thing didn't make sense. This guy comes on on the show, and <laughs> he wouldn't include Messi in his five side. <laughs> I don't think there's nothing wrong with having an opinion. Do you know what I mean? I think about it. Or let me, can I say one more thing? Obviously, I know I'm talking a lot. Excuse me. Oh, I just want to you can take. I think we've ended the debate, Rahil. To be honest, you can. Uh, wait there. You can take Leo. You are in five side football. We've all played it. Five side. Whenever we pick up five side, we're actually talking about on the five side pitch here. So we've all played five side. Have we all been in goal lads at five side? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Why does Our Sergio Romero never go to why does Romero need to be in this team? Please ask me. Explain to me why Romero needs to be in this team. And That's then you've got someone like Messi. You've got someone like Messi who's not made the team. Do you want me, do you want me to be honest with you? Should I be completely honest? You're just he's a, a great... hater. You're just no, a hater. Yeah. That's what you are. you are. He's. Can you let me finish? You've, you've asked the question, so let me answer on it. You don't let so, Saf finish all when Saf talks. <laughs> okay, so what I was trying to say until I got interrupted. So uh, Sergio Romero... CJ Romero is a great Manchester United servant. And also in my era, he's, he's obviously the greatest Argentinian keeper. So the rules were to include a keeper and you didn't. So. There was no rules to include no keeper. Well, I, that, I, we've always included a keeper. So that's why I had to get Sergio that Romero. make it a rule. But yeah, anyways, that's fine. Let's continue because we can go on talking about this Messi versus Maldonado all night. My five aside. You know, if, he, if he's put Sergio uh, Romero in, I'm just going to put Willy Caballero in. Forget it. 
So, so obviously, um, I'm putting Willy Caballero in there for the simple fact that Arif's, I'm just going to top Arif's uh, level of, uh, you know, biasness and low level of um, delusional. He obviously, he obviously yeah. doesn't understand. I mean, Sergio Romero is a top quality goalkeeper. He, he was the best number two in the world when he was at Man United. And I don't think anyone here can disagree. The only reason he was at the United team is because we had the best anyway, informed goalkeeper in the world. I'm, I'm, putting, I'm putting Javier Zanetti at the back. Uh, clearly, I could, have, I could have gone with uh, Mascherano or, um, you know, someone a bit more flamboyant. But I went with Javier Zanetti because he's a legend. Is he, he, you know, his level of uh, defending is crazy. I just love the guy and the way he played football. I never watched a lot of him, but watching his highlights and you know the things he played in and things like that, um, and and the the defensive quality he had going back and forward is uh, is beautiful to watch. Beautiful to watch. And um, I described him as beautiful. Sorry, Adam. Up front, I'm just going. I'm just going straight up. So it's going to be uh, Messi. Alfredo Di Stefano and Maradona. I just went straight up. Um, Alfredo Di, Di Stefano because he's a Real Madrid legend. You know, he was he was part of you know a team that was near in, in, unstoppable. Couldn't do nothing to them. And you know, up front he was he was just he was just a goal scoring machine. Like I said before, I haven't watched him play, but watching his highlights clearly shows that this guy had some talent and he was. Literally unstoppable in the La Liga back in the days. Um, yeah, so Messi for obvious reasons, but you know I, I don't want to say too much. We know why. Um, as Rahil already said, doing it for the past 10, 12, 15 years, him and Ronaldo. We don't need to. We don't need to go into that debate again. Yeah, we will do soon. But that's a different story. Maradona. Maradona. Um, you know, it's 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 a very sad story that you know it's it's, it's a very, very sad thing to hear that he passed away. To be honest, you know, I was I was a bit you know um, gobsmacked when when I when I first read the news. But the guy, uh, you know, Arif mentioned he won a World Cup. Yeah, he did. And you know the way he played his football, the charisma, you know the the going forward, the mentality, and you know his style of play. I mean, watching that World Cup where he killed off England. Sorry for the all the England fans here, but they killed off England. And I, I'm watching it today and I'm thinking, yo, he must have been a joy to watch. But just imagine the people that were actually watching him at the time, apart from the England fans, they would have hated him. But the rest of the world, the neutral fans or, you know, people who just watch football and supporters, they would have loved to see that second goal that he scored against England. And um, it's, it's, it's sad, but yeah, Maradona has to be there, man. Yeah, Maradona. Back from his boys at back. Here he is. Well, by the way, well, by is, the way, is joining? Are you introducing me or Raheel there, Eric? You said Bradford boy. I just got a bit lost. Was it, well, is it Raheel? Fresh off a Jack Greenish banger I'm hearing, so. Yeah. Is that I mean, banger? I'm, I'm going to give you an exclusive right now. So, yeah, he's won the PFA Player of the Year 2021. <laughs> it's done. It's done with uh, the voting's closed. Uh, PFA have said there's no point. Oh my nominees. god, that's today's exclusive. It's done, it's finished. There's no point. Was that young player of the year? No, no, no. For, <laughs> it was for player of the year and uh, it was for best best driver in the Premier League as well. 
Lurid Sal back. Har du något med fotbollfan? Yeah, obviously it's not going to be in a car, is it? No, that ends up. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's got oh, there. Yeah, it's, it's in the bag. God. It's done. He's won it. It's it's complete. Yeah, so I thought I might as well drop in with my team. So starting in net, I've got Emmy Martinez. Had to get a Villa player in there somehow. <laughs> no, it's a quality goalkeeper. Yeah, I think you he was at Arsenal it. for like has seven he even, years. Has he even played a game for uh, Argentina? Yeah, he's their first choice. Is he? He's a third he's choice. A, his first choice, first choice, he's number third. one. He's Romero. Is that, is, that, is, that, is that facts or is that is that deluded Sal facts? Like no, no, that's facts. It's not, deluded, it's, it's not deluded Saf. It's facts that. <laughs> and then I've got, hey, I've got. By the by, the end of this show, yeah, everyone will have deluded before their name. Except for me, by the way. Hello, this what the best thing is. Emmy Martinez hasn't even started the game for the proper Argentina national side. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's I've just checked. I've just checked. No, I've just checked, and he's only played for the Argentinian under-17 team and the under-20 team. Oh my God! Oh, bro, what, 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 what facts are these, bro? Come back properly. Oh yeah, wait. What facts are these? You know what, Sal? You're basically telling Kicking all my listeners right now is anything you say that comes out your mouth. Needs to be Googled every single time. That's basically what you're saying. Okay, I, I want to swap him for. You, you want to be Romero. that guy? <laughs> I want to swap him for Sergio Romero because he was, you know, they call him the best second choice keeper in the Prem or something at one point. He should have left in the United, world. to be honest. Oh, in the world, wherever. He should have left United, to be honest, and, um, you know, got a starting spot somewhere because he could, he, could he could fit into another team, even in the Prem. I agree. 100%. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think. A lot of teams have missed the trick by not signing him. And then in front of him, I've got Javier Zanetti. I mean, he'd just be just that rock at the back that we need, you know, with all that flair going forward. Then on one side, we've got Maradona. And the other side, we've got Messi. I mean, it, you don't even need to put any explanations out. I mean, Saf's probably said it on the last six episodes why Messi's in this team anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we can just, for, for my points on that, we can just say refer to Saf in every episode. <laughs> and then uh, up top, I've gone for a surprising one. I don't think any of you lot have gone for him, but I've gone for Aguero. I went for him. Fish, fish Are you went for him? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. There's just something about Aguero. I've got like a soft spot for him. He's a, he's a clinical striker, scores like all kinds of goals. And like, you know, I think he'd be really agile on a five-a-side pitch, especially with his pace and uh, how fast the game is played. I think he'd be well suited to it. And he'd just bag loads of goals for fun, to be honest. You wouldn't want to be in goal against Aguero. I mean, you've, got, you've mentioned so many amazing talents, but Aguero with his low shots and the power. Yeah, it, especially, yeah, that low centre of gravity. I reckon he could turn you from anywhere. Like, even in a corner, I reckon he could somehow get out and just bag from there, to be honest. Salah, are you surprised if I tell you Arif didn't have Messi in his all-time Argentinian five-a-side team? Were you here for that? How come? Well, you'd have to, <laughs> you'd have to see the podcast. Look at Sal's you know, face. You'll have to, you'll have to, you'll have to, you'll have to see that uh, when the podcast comes out, lad. Yeah, for the record, very well-formed reasons. Yeah, he actually had facts. He actually had facts because he researched these facts. But obviously, you, you had, I don't know what you had, man, with your keeper. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to comment on that. Just don't comment. Yeah, 
I prefer not to speak on that one, I think. <laughs> You're not going to say. Can we edit, can we edit that out? <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> that's yeah, good. I mean, the highlights reel. No, that was good. And no, yeah. I was, uh, I was meant to do that. And then we're just going to go into my little two-minute scouting report. Then Vish is going to take us away with our special guest. Uh, but yeah, the two-minute scouting report I've got is, again, another Europa League player, like I mentioned last week. This player plays for Lille. He's a centre-back. He's a left-footed Dutch centre-back called Sven Botman. I'm not sure if I pronounced the name correctly. But he joined Lille from Ajax's academy this summer for like 7.2 million. And he's made 12 league appearances. He's got a couple Europa League appearances and he's got an assist as well. The reason he stood out for me is the fact that uh, AC Milan are in the same group as Lille. And he kept a clean sheet against Lassen Ibrahimovic at the San Siro. The fact that Lille won 3-0 against Lille quite surprised me because they play in a 4-4-2. And his centre-back partner is Jose Fonte, or Font from Southampton, who used to play for them once upon a time, which I thought was quite fascinating. And they're playing against Sparta Prague in the Europa League this week, and I think Sven Botman could be the next Mateus de Litt because obviously they used to play together at Ajax, and it's something that would be quite good to see another Ajax Academy player coming up and coming forward. Again, just plays that from the back. He's not afraid of a tackle. And the fact that he kept Zlatan Ibrahimovic quiet for 3-0 was fantastic. But yeah, I expect his value to rise and I think he'd be quite fun to watch going forward. Yeah, so I've got Sanjay, Mr. Sanjay Kohli. Kohli, um, welcome to the show, mate. Um, obviously, I've, I've known you for like six, seven years. And, um, I was laughing at Arif. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. But anyway, yeah. Um, obviously, I know you very well. But um, just you know, a quick overview of who you are and what you do um, would be useful for everyone to learn. Me or you? You. Oh, you want me to introduce myself? <laughs> yeah. You want to say around that? <laughs> cool. Go. Go ahead. Yeah. Man. So you guys like. Um, Obviously, I've been to university with Vishal. We attended Aston together. Um, so I've known him for a good few years now. And yeah, man, like it's, it's, we studied business together. Um, aside from that, I work in the music industry. So I've currently worked for BMG and I look after like the marketing, sales, YouTube kind of stuff, content. And yeah, on the side, I also have my own little podcast. So that's why I really appreciate what you guys were doing and the, the sort of the work and passion that goes into it. I know you've only just sort of started, but really entertaining already, man. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool. I know you've like interviewed quite a, you know, numerous amount of stars. Um, I mean, I don't know much about music. I know Aris has been telling me you've been, you know, mentioning the group chat. It's like M. Huncho. Rahil knows about M. Huncho. He's got M. Huncho on his podcast. There's Fraser T. Smith. A big, he's got big people on his podcast, man. Crazy. He's been, he's been quite humble about it, his side project, that his side podcast he's got. But it's a, it's a big podcast, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, like, <clears throat> I guess for a bit of background on it, um, I started writing and, and doing journalism when I was at uni or, like, first years of uni or just before. And it sort of culminated into basically – it was all written work, um, but I just felt like, and I was getting a lot of feedback with the interviews that really you should start putting them out because you're, you, you basically, you're, you're getting your message across through with words, but um, almost like it's, it's, it's good to sort of put conversations raw and unedited out as they are with, 
you know influential people um and you know hopefully people can take a lot of gems from it and i guess also it speaks to the fact of like our generation and the, the generation below us um not having the sort of attention span um that maybe like written work demands or, or, or requires from someone so yeah it sort of manifested itself naturally to be honest um and then the, the guests and the sort of artists that i look at mainly rap hip-hop r&b uh, music of sort of black origin um just a passion always been a passion of mine always something i've been into and then yeah hope, like luckily it's manifested into into what it is now big respect man big big respect obviously you know um aris got these uh, trophies in front of him um the special <laughs> trophies to to him um but not to me um there was an event a small event no not a small event a massive massive event which we call hall of fame mania which obviously sanjay you were part of half three can i, can I just quickly four? give a quick background just quick background to, to listen so yeah so hall of fame mania is essentially it's a it's a football it's a, it's a game of football so we started it when back in the college days before you know what we love playing football how can we make one game of football into something big like when we when we when we turn up to the game there's a lot of uh i don't know there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure there's a lot of I don't, I don't know i don't know how to i don't know how to explain it an excitement yeah so we basically have we we basically build it up for months we do like player trades we do flipping press conferences we do content on, on social media around it so we build it up so when it, a lot of trash talking happens we build it up like a proper like a, our world cup um so we've done we've done four of these um me and vish are always the captain so we because we started it, we've always been the captain we've done four of these i've won three uh vish has unfortunately only won one um these you know these are some of the some of the winnings i've got right here um so yeah that's that's and we we were planning to do one this year but it, it got cancelled because of obvious reasons, uh, COVID. Um, but January, um, there's going to be uh, another contract re-signing for, for 2021. And hopefully we can get the show back on again. But yeah, that's essentially what the Hall of Fame man is. Fish, get me and your team. They're taking this guy's trophies, all right? Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely, man. He, the thing is, man, he doesn't even share these trophies with his team. Like, he just keeps it for himself. Like, what kind of captain is that? You know, um, well, I don't know what I don't. I don't. I don't need to do. I don't need to do any speaking. You know what I mean? Anyway, <laughs> but we we got Sanjay on here, our guest, um, to to speak about his own experiences. So yeah. let's let's go with that. Obviously, I was just going to ask Sanjay a question. Obviously, you represented me, my team at half three, um, half four. You're going to be representing my team at half five. Go ahead. Yeah, man. Like it's been. I think the first half I'd, I joined. Um, Obviously, it was in memory of, of your guys' friends, so it was it was a great great experience to as um would be part of that. Um, you know that aside, what was, was the score, Vish? Um, I think uh, you guys won by like ten goals or something. I just, I just I just forgot the score, but carry on anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, was, I only played half of that game. Um, yeah, there, there was a bit of controversy about that. But... Yeah, there was mis mismanagement, mismanagement there. Yeah, um, mismanagement. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna say anything, but yeah. Yeah, water under the bridge. Though. Yeah. Um, you have to tell us what it was. We're all waiting to uh, hear. Oh can man. I, can I say? Can I say what? It, actually, you know, I'll let you say. I'll, I'll let you, you know say what? It. it was just a bit of a. Uh, 
Yeah. Controversy regarding a player that um, first said he would represent my team and then like a week before he backed out saying he's got other priorities. And then obviously this is where I roped in Sanjay, got him in, got him involved. And then on the day of the game, he just says, oh, I'm two hours before the game, he goes, I'm, I'm coming to play. And it's like, like, when you build to such an event and, you know, Arif did so much work around planning that event because we obviously lost a very close friend of ours. Um, he was in uh, my class. Uh, me and Arif and Sapa were in the same class, actually, during college. Um, yeah. and that's how we got to know each other. And we oh, lost and um, we wanted to do like a dedication event for him and this is what it was and kudos to Arif because um, we wanted to record the event the event is actually on YouTube uh, the whole show is on YouTube commentary done by Arif um, I must say brilliant commentary no, no bias in it you know he was fair straight down the middle he wasn't he wasn't calling shots against my team he was fair which um, I must respect that um, so yeah, like that was a bit of controversy. That's why you know somebody had to like kind of had to pull him aside a little bit. But yeah, but I, I mean, I don't want to talk about that. No, it was a great experience that side, and I think hopefully over half three and four, my involvement on and off the pitch has, has brought some some value to the to the one hundred percent the franchise, even with regards to you know the content side of things and just sort of causing a bit of hype, a bit of stir. Um, and you know, it was, it was disappointing not to be able to play this year. I was really, really excited. I was looking forward to it. Um, yeah, man, it's like it's like a summer event, isn't it? I always, I, on, I honestly think though, I think it was a blessing in disguise. I honestly think next year will be just way better than it would have been this year. So it's a blessing in disguise, really. Literally, but, yeah. Sanjay, don't don't I ask you like, what are you doing that weekend, like six months in advance? Because like, I know <laughs> yeah, you got it's, it's it's like almost everything is centered around half. Literally, obviously. You've done, you talk about what you've done off the uh, pitch to kind of, you know, promote Hoff. Um, recently, like a few months back, you did a special video for Hoff. Do you want to talk about that video? Because it meant quite a lot to you. And, you know, it, it got yeah. a lot of positive feedback from a lot of people. So um, last year, I was, we were talking before this call, but last year, basically, um, I had to have a, a major uh, renal surgery, which is basically to do with your kidney. Um, I discovered that I was born with with a, uh, a really rare condition, where um, like the tube from your kidney, it, it it was twisted around a main artery, and it didn't the issues didn't come to fruition until uh, this stage in my life, and basically it required a really complex four hour robotic surgery, which I had done last October, so just over a year ago now, um, and since then. I've, I've sort of made a really strong be, 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 prior to the surgery I was at my fittest I was doing really well and then after the surgery obviously it took four or five months to sort of get back on my feet um, and during that period it was really a period of transition for me um, coming into the new year and then everything just started, started I, I, I realised the importance of mental work physical work um, and you know everything started to fall into place and then this year really really sort of despite the, the 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 what we've had to endure like with lockdown and the pandemic and everything politically going on everything socially going on it's been a real eye-opener and um it sort of alludes to like what my latest interview actually not to plug myself but it was with, with, with a producer called Fraser and basically he was saying that this year has shone a light 
and because the light has been shone on all these issues that we're facing personally and and collectively um it's almost it's a time for for growth and opportunity to to rise from it all um and that's how i felt like that's 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 sort of how i associated this year and and like that's why i was so gassed and hyped to come and join hot five this year because i was really ready for the challenge i wanted to take those that smile off iris face um oh, listen, you know I mean? it's going to be bigger and better next year and you know what? i'm i'm very happy that you're a part of it bro so you know and no, we'll, there's gonna be plenty of trash talking between me and you looking forward to all of that i'm ready you know you know that's no stress yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to you know arif losing so we can keep him quiet forever and this hall of fame mania stuff um it's not just for us we want i've said to arif so many times like 20 30 years down the line where you know we can't play football like we used like we can right now we want our kids to be playing in matches like this and we want them to be hyping and their kids to keep going so we want this to keep going because you know it's a such a special event and it's just amazing to be a part I'll, of it. I'll, I'll end this i'll end this segment on the the major reason why i think i do it and i think why we do it as well is so like this podcast right it's something that were you know when you're working towards something that you're passionate about everything bad that's going on in your life, all the problems you've got with family, personal issues, when you're working towards something you're passionate about, it's something to look forward to, something to get your mind off. Half Hall of Fame mania is just another thing. I love playing football more than literally anything in this world. And when I'm working, when I'm working towards half training, trying to get as fit as possible for it, it's another thing to look forward to that I love and enjoy. So it's, it's just, it, it's, it's that. And that's, that's the best thing about half. And when it comes to the day, I play many games of football. And when you play football in that game, it's, it's, like, it's like a world, it's your own World Cup, man. It's a, your heart's racing during the first five minutes of the game until you got to get a few passes going to get yourself into the game. Uh, like, it's just, it's just, it's just incredible, man. That's, that's, a testament. that's a testament to you two for being able to build that up, you know? Like, yeah. it feels like, I don't know if you guys remember playing like your first ever Sunday league game and you're nervous and you don't want to, like, you know, mess it up with the first touch. Like, that's how it feels. So, test first five minutes are just hard. Forget the day of the game, it's the week before the game. I yeah, can't yeah, even yeah. sleep, man. Like, <laughs> I'm struggling to sleep. That's how bad it gets to me. But, you know, it's, it's, it's enjoyable. And obviously, we hopefully, fingers crossed, all, all six of us will be a part of it um, next year. Um, going forward. Sanjay, just to interject before we move on to the next thing, the fact that you're, you've gone through this surgery, you've gone through this rehabilitation. I know I saw you at Friday Night Football this summer before uh, everything happened and everything. Does that mean that you're back to full fitness? Do, um, do you have any advice for anyone else who had this kind of situ- were in this kind of situation before? If they've had to have that kind of surgery? Um, I'd say I'm not quite back to full fitness just because of the scenario we're in with lockdown and everything. Um, But with regards to my actual health and and my body, like, yeah, perfect. Like, God willing, God bless. Like, I'm good now. Um, And I think it's just all about mentality, man. I think the other thing is, you know, we're hungry, we're we're young and we want to achieve things. But I think patience is, is probably one of my biggest drawbacks as well. And I think the ability to be to be patient, especially with your body, because... I read an amazing book over this transition and it was called The Body Keeps Score. It's basically an insight into how everything, every energy, positive or negative, will manifest. If it doesn't manifest in one way, more than likely it will come through your body. Oh, it's fascinating to hear, Sanjay. And again, if anyone's listening and they're in a similar situation, then we'll put the link in the description for that book. Sanjay can just send it to us and 
if it helps someone listening to this, then that would be bless- a blessing in disguise. From Hoff, you know, you recently joined Friday Night Football, Sanjay. So how, what's that to you like? How do you feel about that? It's been a godsend during lockdown, man. Like It's been something to look forward to every weekend. Bit of socialising, bit of fun, bit of exercise, um, stress relief. Yeah, it's been it's been hard playing and then having to stop playing. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been awesome, man. I'm going to interrupt. You know I'm going to say from the last time we saw Sanjay back in the summer, when I saw Sanjay, he's lost a ton of weight. So congratulations if that was an aim or something. So I know you he's, he's a he's a ability as well though. Huh? Your ability as well, like from half. Uh, when, what was the last half you played in? Half four or less half, half three, four. whatever. Um, I've won so many, I can't really keep going. Anyway. <laughs> oh, behave, Aaron. Carry on. Oh, man. But, well, sorry, but it, it, like your skill level has gone shut up as well, man. Like, bro, like, yeah, I don't know yeah, what you've been doing, like going in a, ca- like in a cave or something. But No, what I've done is I've just put half three on repeat and I've watched like 800 Eight times. And I just, That's I, what I do with half two like, in my head. I've just studied how you just bash it and just hope for the best, and apparently it works. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you play Friday night football, um, there's always a bit of drama. Um, two one, we two just, one, West Ham. As, just as saying, we can two just one, West Ham. West Ham two, Aston Villa one. Thousand <laughs> anyway, it. There's always a bit of drama, especially with uh, Mr. Arif, who claims to have the best eyesight in the world, can, and can see from like you know the end of the pitch and say penalty. Or handball, like how, how do you feel about the area? Sometimes... About area. Oh yeah, areas is favourite. But how do you feel about the moments? Because obviously, sometimes it does get quite tense, and it's like, wait, it's is this uh, what, what? What is this? What is this a um, bash Arif podcast, or is this a you know talk about Sanjay's experiences at half? Like no, what, but what I'm, not, I'm just I'm just talking about his Friday night football because obviously he, he's a part of it. Their moments are like are like on a knife edge, and sometimes it can get quite heated, like. I know you laugh it off, but what do you feel about that? Like, do you enjoy it or, you know? I think it's, I think it's good to a certain extent. I think I don't know what Arif's question is, but that's why that's why I ad- admire him so much because he has that fire in him, and sometimes it's good just to play with it, you know. And vice versa, like it's not like we're always. It's nice always... hearing someone talk positive about me. I must say, you know, it's, it's nice hearing that, but you know. I did it in episode Thanks, one, but I seemed to forget. So, Sanjay, how much did he pay you to say that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. My my question was, Sanjay, was um, how do how do you honestly feel during half? Like, what was your feelings in that first, you know, first thirty minutes, a uh, half three? Like, how did you? I, I want to know how did you feel? Like, genuinely feel? I felt out of place because I didn't really know anyone. Um, okay. I, yeah, 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 for real. Like I felt, yeah. I, I was, I was happy to be there. I love playing football, yeah. but I felt out of place. Um, but at the same time, I, again, like I took it seriously because I, I appreciated what you guys had sort of built. I mean, I know it's it's a five-side game of football, and it's you're supposed to enjoy it. But it was. I know how you felt in half four. We came, I think, we came face to face. Do you remember? We yeah, literally yeah, came yeah, face to face. Yeah, well, I remember I was on my way. I had my. I was literally about to be one v one for the goalkeeper, and I thought, yes, getting the goal. Bang! Someone kicks me, takes my legs out. I'm down. Like, what the hell happened here? And that that that's another like indication of like how we can get it half. But what was what was going through your head at that at that moment? I was I was worked up. I was worked up. I was frustrated. 
sometimes you, you like I was I was reading this thing again again it's related to interview yeah. and it was Go about like how frustration breeds when you're unable to um, control your environment and so when especially when you're in a team sport like it, it's not not to pass blame or anything like that but it's very frustrating at times mm. and then if you have that and then you have also an opposition that you haven't really got along with in the first place anyway and then they're they're sort of rubbing the salt in the wounds mm. you're going to react and if you don't react then you're you're flaccid like you know what i mean so i, yeah. feel, I feel like it was i feel like it wasn't it wasn't any out of a place of malice it was it was a healthy fire yeah and yeah. and i think that goes to show given the fact that i'm here talking to you now and, and you know what i mean so yeah yeah what under the bridge man i love that it was, it was good man i loved it respect Obviously, you know, we hope all six of you here right now are at Hoff 5 next year. But we also have someone who's uh, been at all the Hoffs, and uh, that's Mr. Safian. My right like, hand, man. Will, would you like to like say any words? Like, what are you still at like, Hall of Fame Mania? What, what are your future? First of all, I just want to say, you know, um, thank you to Sanjay for joining us and um, hope you do recover to full health. Um, support Vish's team in the next half coming up, you know, to the best of your ability. Yeah, so I met Vish in college, but because he lives local to me, he knows a lot of the people that I know anyway um, from his uh, secondary school. And I've known Arif since secondary school, like from year seven. So from from me and him, it's like literally, you know, same thing. But I didn't I didn't actually play in the first half. I started from the second one. Um, was that the one that Eric's team got smashed? Yeah, so I lost one and then I won two, I think. Yeah, uh, like Eric said, I won so many, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of Hoff, you know, it's 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 such a it's such a great event to be honest, because um, as we've already established that you know there was um, a certain person in school, uh, sorry, college that you know passed away for him for his memory. And um, we first come up with, it was first decided that we're going to start playing Hoff in his, in his memory. And then, you know, slowly, slowly seeing other additions like, you know, different players. Then we started getting the cameras rolling. Then all of a sudden we started getting the trash talk behind the scenes. Then the contract signings, the players, the player trades, you know, and um, all this hype around the event itself. And then on the day, when it comes to playing the game, then you've got like a trophy to play towards, but in memory of, you know, you know, a certain person. Like, you know, for some people, it, you know, you, who, who the guy was close to, you know, it might be hard for them to remember him, you know, um, but it's, it's about looking at the mental side of things where, like, for example, like Sanjay now, he's come back from, a, you know, such a big operation as well. Um, and, you know, like you said, mentally you have to be, you know, you have to fight through these things. Coming coming to half, it was literally a mental fight all the way through because there was so much talk behind the scenes, and literally, if you lose, you're not going to hear the end of it. But if you if if the winning team, you know, does get you know the trophy at the end, then the losing team is like like I said, never going to hear the ending of it, and uh, you know, sadly for for Vish, uh, it has been the other side. But you know. 
you know, hopefully he comes with a you know better um, challenge next year. But I think he should be he should be a bit more open towards you know the players he brings in or the players that you know come to him because at the end of the day it's just business. I'm 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 very I'm very um uh, poignant on the uh, mental side of things because like I said, you have to be mentally ready whether it's a small game or a big game, whether it's um you know a, a back garden kick around or you know. For us, our World Cup, half, you know. So, you know, I think I think you should always, always be uh, ready mentally. Uh, yeah, half, half for me personally, half, you know, it's, I, I always look forward to it. Every single year, um, I'm always looking forward to it. And I'm always in contact with Arif and Vish here and there. But Vish is obviously the opposite camp, so I can't speak to him like that. But I'm always in contact with Arif, you know, asking him, you know, what's happening, you know, where we go in, you know, what's next, who we got, who we signing. But even for me, Arif doesn't disclose all the information. But even some things are a surprise for me as well. Where you know, if I don't hear it at start, and then I see it on the day, it's it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a blessed feeling. But as Vish has already said, I hope that. Everyone on this podcast, whoever comes on this podcast, um, and everyone that's sitting on there on here now, I hope everyone gets a chance to play it because, you know, like I said, the, the hype before the game and after the game, even the the lead up to the game is literally like a Champions League final or a World Cup final. Obviously, I've never been there to experience it, but it's it's like our World Cup and our our Champions League final, and you have to be in it to experience it. And you know, I think I think everyone should be should be given the opportunity. Can I just ask um, the four of you involved in Hoff at the moment, with the person that passed away having this event going? I'm not sure how close each of you were to this person. Does this kind of give you a closure, and B, does it give you some kind of gratification that you've still got him in your life in that kind of way? Yeah, Vish was the closest. Uh, to him out of all of us like he was there with him every single day well college anyway so one of the things I'll always remember about Bilal like he was a fighter um, he was actually in a wheelchair um, uh, when we you know met him and you know I was the kind of person to kind of do everything for him like the little little things like if he wanted a bar of chocolate he, he wouldn't ask anyone like the teacher or anything he would say to me Bish can you go to the shop and get me a bar of chocolate he'll give me the money and I'll go get him a chocolate and come back. And just like a little thing like, he goes, Rich, can you open it for me? Like, I was that kind of person. Or if he needed to go into a different building, I'll take him into the lift and things like that. So when we do these kind of events, it, it, it reminds us of him and, you know, how people do go through difficult moments, like just opening a bottle of chocolate. Like for us, it's easy, but it just reminds us of him and, one thing is, Arif might not remember this, Saf might not remember this, but do you remember that video that he did at the end of Hoff, Hoff 2? Where yeah, when you won, when you won yeah, the, the second yeah, when one. I won, yeah, yeah, he he emphasised my name as the winner and your name as the loser. Just that video there. In hind- like That was like, on the day, obviously, but that was one of the worst times on a football pitch for me, but like in hindsight now I'm glad that you won that game like genuinely yeah. because you know that was that was your memory like he you know if you didn't win that you probably wouldn't have got that video right literally, so literally that's I was just about to say that like every year close to my birthday I remember the people that you know especially in my life my granddad um, Bilal and I, I just 
go through my phone and then look at their pictures, look at their videos. And that video that he did for me right there is like one of the best birthday presents I ask, I get every year. Um, because, you know, it reminds me of that special day and it reminds me of him as a character. And that character that he had was a fighter, no matter what, anything, whatever was thrown at him. I mean, yeah, you was the closest person to him, and you know, he he was he, he was he was a nice person to be around as well. I mean, even though you know, um, I wasn't around him all the time, but in general, he was a nice person to be around, to speak to him, and things like that. And you know, I even got the chance to see his uh, family as well. Um, you know, and uh, it the 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 show does you know it is it was like um, a show that was based around you know the passing of him um and that that's one of the reasons why i do play it as well and, I, and i'll always look forward to it <clears throat> but you know um yeah he was he was a good guy and like like Vish already said mentally he was he was very very strong and you know he was he was a fighter he was a fighter and um he, he was always over you know overcoming these little little challenges that he was facing very nice person as well it was nice to learn firsthand from you all about what it was about. So thank you deeply to everyone about that. Yeah, so um, we've got some good fixtures coming up this weekend. Obviously, uh, you've got the North London derby between Spurs and Arsenal. Obviously, teams... Looking forward to that one. All teams fighting for... Uh, well, one team's fighting to tour the title and other one in Roy Keane's words. It looks like they're fighting for the <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, as 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 United fans, let's let's laugh a bit at Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think I think regardless, it's a derby. It'll be a good game to watch. Me personally, I'll just have to go with how it is, and I'm pretty sure you'll agree with me that I think uh, I'm gonna go for a Tottenham. I wouldn't say comfortable, but I think I'd go with a Tottenham win. I'm gonna go with three-one, especially Spurs being at home, tails up as well. Obviously, yeah, I think they're gonna capitulate. Well, so I think I think uh, I'll go for a Spurs three-one win. Um, they're both playing Thursday as well so we'll see how they set up on Thursday if they play the whole second team for Spurs then it's cool because for Mourinho and for Arteta the North London derby is the priority but when you look at Spurs they've had Chelsea and Man City in the last couple of games and Europa League games as well So as well, then the Christmas period's packing up so it's just if they can push for this one last game before the Christmas period I'd love to see a Tottenham win I think Be, being a North Londoner myself I've, I've got so many Arsenal and Spurs fans so it's just fun seeing the both of them just go and hammer and tongs at each other. But I think yeah, it's going to be a three-two Spurs win, a classic type of North London. Game. I think it will suit uh, Tottenham more playing. Obviously, they're both playing Europa League, but we know Tottenham have got the squad depth. Not so much with Arsenal at the moment, so Arsenal will probably have to feel some key players in the Europa League game. So it could end up obviously with Spurs having a bit of an upper hand come Sunday. I'm going with a two-nil win, Tottenham, just because you know they're at home and obviously. This week is the return of fans uh, back uh, allowed in stadiums. And oh, yeah. I know it's yes. only going to be 2,000 fans, but, you know, they'll spur Spurs on. And um, I think they'll easily win 2-0. I don't, I don't see Arsenal turning up. I'm saying 3-0. 3-0 Spurs. 3-2 for me, Spurs. Sometimes, sometimes Arsenal will turn up. And if they do turn up, you know, they, they, can, they can pick teams out. But they might bring a fight. They might not. So, on current form, I'm going to say Tottenham... 3-0. Tottenham 3-0. For me, with um, Arsenal, they, they were really good with Partey or Elneny in the midfield. But against Wolves the other day, they had Xhaka and Ceballos, where they're just missing <laughs> that bite in the middle of midfield. So it's rather Elneny yeah. than Partey, but Partey's injured. So 
I feel like Spurs could have a field day in midfield, and especially like yeah. Kane dropping back. Like Therefore, will and Dombele is killing it right now. I watched him uh, in the last game. I mean, although it was a nil-nil, the guy looks sharp, man. He looks mu- looks a completely yeah, different think, player. I think they're all pretty much looking good. I think Mourinho has literally got them all playing the Jose Mourinho way, which is obviously yeah. good to see if you're a Tottenham fan and a Mourinho fan in general. Um, I think the game against Chelsea was, I, I think, a nil-nil draw. I think it was still a bit entertaining to watch. Both teams had their chances to put the game to bed. Um, both both teams had good chances in the last few minutes as well. But yeah, I think he's he's got them basically grafting and grinding for results and for points. I mean, going to Stamford Bridge is probably one of the hardest places to go as a top team in the Premier League. We've seen over the years, obviously, all the top teams have gone to Stamford Bridge and struggled to get points, regardless of who the manager or who the players are. It's just in general, for some reason, a tough place to go get some points. But um, yeah, I think they did good to get a point there. And yeah, got Arsenal now, a bit of a tough run, but they just working out for them. They played City, they've won. They played Chelsea, they've drew, so they're yet to be defeated on this hard run of this. All right, 2-1, two, 2-1 one, two, one, to Spurs. The game will go for United versus West Ham. West Ham playing at home. They're currently beating Villa 2-1. Are we even playing at the Olympic Stadium? Yeah, we're playing at the Olympic Stadium. So they'll have fun. I think it's going to be 4 0 Man United. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more likely to be 4 0 on Wednesday. Because God fucking does this every week and we end up getting panned. <laughs> so Kyle, yeah, look at that, look at that performance against Southampton. We got El Matador. We got El Matador now, you know what I mean? We got El yeah, Matador making those runs. No. I'm telling you, Bruno's going to put it on a plate for him a couple of times. Yeah. All right. And um, is, is Martial going to be back? Yeah, but knowing our manager, he won't even stop flipping for one. He fancies it, isn't it, Vish? Yeah, if he fancies it. Because obviously, Martial Mar- spends a lot of time on the floor um, rather than standing oh, up. On, that's, that, that's a bit harsh, Vish. That's a shooting a goal. Mate, his he's stats are there this season, man. He needs to step it up, man. Nah, Cavani, yeah, Cavani think- will teach him over the season. I hope he teaches him like little things like being in the six-yard box and poaching goals a bit more and... Yeah, you, need that, you need that desire, that hunger. Did you see him after that equaliser? Literally screaming into the clouds. That's that's the kind of striker. No, we need. but that, that, was, that, was, that was wrong. Did you see Bruno? Bruno's has switching at them. Bruno's on the halfway line saying, Why are you celebrating 2 2 comeback? We need to win this game. You know what? I understand and why you did it. I love Bruno so much. No, no, that's a fair point, bro. You know what? Bang on, fair point. That's a completely fair point. But, you know, I think. Cavani, from a personal standpoint, he's been out for so long, yeah, and he and he's obviously come and scored an important goal. You just can't, you can't help it. Do you know what I mean? But I understand. Yeah, I understand that. But Bruno, man, what a player! The guy, everything we do is through this guy. It's just, Listen, it's come to a point where don't get me wrong, I was calling for him to come to United for ages. Yeah, I wanted him to be a United player. But uh, even I didn't expect the guy to have this sort of impact straight away. Obviously, he hasn't even been there. It hasn't even been a full year. It's going to be a full year in January that he's come to United. And literally every game he plays, I think the chances we create, most of them are always through him. Even if he'll try something, it won't come up. But you know, this guy will get the ball back. He will come towards the middle. And as long as he's got people running off him or people coming to want the ball, he, you can just play off Bruno Fernandes. I think that's what got us back in the game. When Bruno mm-hmm. Fernandes was playing in the first half, you had Marshy, I mean, you had Greenwood and Rashford making runs forward. Nobody wants to come with Cavani. What I offered Bruno was you could play him short and make a run on. That's why they combined so well. Do you not think he's shining so much because the rest of the team is so weak? No, I do see where you're coming from. But one thing you've got to look at with Bruno as well is 
before we had him, we still had world class players that people call. I don't, I don't think Pogba is world class, but yeah, people say Pogba is world class. Yes. Or yeah, that's fine. But people say he's world class. We had him, and we'd come up against teams of like even at Old Trafford and the bottom of the league, and we're struggling to even create chances. It's not even about getting the goals and the assists. Literally, I remember watching games before Bruno came. And we would create probably one clear-cut chance in a full 90 minutes against a team like Brighton. Oh, dead. The thing, the thing with United now is even if they're dropping points or they're losing, at least they are creating chances. They look like they look at the Southampton game on the weekend. Before we were 2-0 down, we created about three, four chances. That's all you want in your team to keep trying. But when they're passing from side to side and they got no one to make that killer pass, it's obviously a different, it's a different ballgame. You've got to, like I said, you've got to be in it to win it. But if your head's, head's not in the game, and you're just walking around, not asked. And I think that's what Bruno's brought to this team. And I think Cavani's brought that now with his experience as well. It's probably given players like Rashford and Martial a bit of a kick up the backside because they're thinking now, I will play to the line. Because if Cavani carries on performing, that's Cavani sorted up front. He's got his spot. Bruno, I mean, uh, Rashford and uh, Martial are going to be fighting for one spot between them. And I think it's a good competition between them. But yeah. I'm going to say 3-2 United still. I'm going to score two goals, man. I think our waveform has been so good that we can't... Again, sorry, Danny, you're a West Ham fan, but literally 2-1 Man United, I think, because even though the fans will be back at West Ham, I think our waveform has just carried on so well because not worrying about being at Old Trafford, which has really let us down in the league this season. But I'm a Man United player. I'm thinking, OK, we've got opposition fans turning up now. I'm going to perform even more. It's going to spur me on even more. So stick it in their faces. So hopefully that's the mentality that United players will have. The only player that has that mentality is Bruno Fernandes. And probably Cavani now. Not even yeah. Maguire has that mentality, unfortunately. Yeah. The thing is, yeah, uh, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, man. Bruno Fernandes, yeah. You, you can see it coming in the other players. And as well, like you look at Tellers on the pitch. Oh, I love like tennis. You can you can tell you can tell that the players are like there's some sort of unity. I think the only thing is now it's like West, the Southampton manager said you don't know which man you know they're gonna turn up. I think that's the only thing is our our consistency. We know what we're capable of. And to be fair, we have had a lot of criticism this season. But if we win our game in hand, which is against Burnley away, we're in the top four. We're in the top four, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And we're literally we're a few points. We're a few points off top, so. To be fair, with the criticism, but then, then again, that's that's what it is being man. You know, you're going to receive that criticism. But um, I just think we need to kick on, get that run of games. I think with the top teams that are there, like the Leicester, the Chelsea, the um, Tottenham's, you and Liverpool as well. You've seen them have a run of games. We haven't had that this season so far. We've won a game, then drawn, then lost, and it's, it's been a bit um, inconsistent. So I'm hoping we get the three points against Leicester. Just keep putting pressure on because a lot of teams towards the top. I've dropped points. Obviously, Liverpool drew. Um, obviously, Leicester lost today against Fulham, which was a massive surprise. Um, and obviously, Chelsea they? and Tottenham. Chelsea know. and Tottenham drew. So it was it was a good it was a good weekend for us United fans. Obviously, Chelsea drew. Tottenham obviously Chelsea and Tottenham drew, and a few of the drop points, and we got three points. So we just need to keep carrying, kicking on. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah, like I was saying, if Matic and Fred play against Rice and Suchek, then it'll be a sick battle in midfield. I think. Two brick walls just going against each other. And... Um, I'm going 3-1 United. Um, I think West Ham will get that early goal um, because they'll see their fans and, you know, they'll, their fans, only 2,000, but they'll create that atmosphere um, at the start of the game, which will, you know, get them up for it. But I think United will come back into the game and uh, we'll, we'll win 3-1 comfortably, I think. But I think the start will 
just be a bit difficult, but we'll get there. Wolverhampton versus Liverpool. It's going to be, um, I think Wolves are playing at home as well. And I think obviously Liverpool coming off that draw against Brighton. Wolves coming up obviously off that win yesterday from Arsenal. The only thing that'll probably not be good for Wolves is obviously they're missing Raul Jimenez, but then Liverpool can say the same thing, missing a lot of key players as well. I think that's why probably make it such a good game. And uh, it's one I'm looking forward to. In terms of a prediction, I'm probably going to go with a draw. I'm going to say I'm going to say one. Being on the fence. Yeah, I'm going to stay on the fence this one. I know too many Liverpool fans. And uh, but now, but on, I think I think with obviously Salah's come back this last weekend, and I think they will obviously have Salah, Mane, Firmino back together, and obviously Thiago oh, Henderson. They talk to them back as well. So yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say one all. Gonna go for two one Wolverhampton. Um, my old manager Andy, if he's ever listening, he's a big Wolverhampton fan. So he's someone I wanted on the show. But if he ever wants to come on and talk about Wolverhampton, he can. But I think Liverpool playing in midweek as well. Wolverhampton, they've got what uh, Neto, who's on fire at the moment. He's someone that was one of my scouting reports, but it's become so popular over the last three weeks. Everyone knows about him now, which is fantastic. It's just Jota's on fire for Liverpool as well. You don't know who's gonna outscore the other. I've I've just got this feeling, right? Alright, so I've just just got this feeling. I think it's gonna be three 0 Wolverhampton. Wonders. <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you why. Yeah. I think Wolf, Wolves now, uh, with the with the um change that Nunes has made, I think they're creating a lot more chances now. Liverpool, they're 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 a lot weaker than than the, the title winners at the moment. I think I think it's gonna be three 0 I, that's why I, gen, I genuinely believe this. I'm not. I'm not fishing right now. I genuinely believe that it's going to be three 0 Three 0 Wolverhampton Wanderers. If Wolverhampton Wanderers beat Liverpool three 0 when this lockdown's over, yep. I will take you out for food. <laughs> done deal. <laughs> done deal. <laughs> not the other way around though. But done oh, deal. Are you fishing right away, man? But uh, yeah, that's what I genuinely, genuinely believe and feel. I'm gonna go with one uh, one. I just think both teams will play it safe. Um, and obviously Liverpool playing midweek. Um, you know, you've heard their manager, uh, Klopp, just go mental in the press conference. Um, I just think Liverpool won't have enough gas um, to get all three points. So it'll be 1-1 for me. And just wanted to say, um, Villa have just scored in the 92nd minute. It's 2-2, so they've managed to get a point. Um this podcast was worth it for stuff, I guess. My my prediction is uh, I'm going with uh, the same with Hamza, two one. I think I think because uh, Liverpool's defense is still very weak at the moment, I think Adama Torre is going to terrorize them at the back. He's just going to run rings around them, and um, somehow somehow I can just see Wolverhampton Wanderers scoring that late goal. I don't know how, but I can just see it happening. Wolverhampton Wanderers 2, Liverpool 1. He's outside. He's outside. Yes. The VAR call. Really? Warren, Warren. Salim. Warren. Salim. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah. I had to check. South Stats would say that was onside, by the way. South Stats would say that's onside. I haven't even seen it. But yeah. Deluded stuff. Go on, I didn't give my prediction on the United game, but I think that's going to be 1 1. I just can't see United. Oh, come on, Sanjay. Bro, I just, I just can't see it, man. They're just, they're just too depressing at the minute. We've we got, got gassed off that win, but, bro, like, 
Uh, everyone talks about. Oh, we've got quite a few good wins together, man. No, but do you not think they'll take confidence from winning a game like that and proving that they can come up like that? And then also playing, but no, also playing away from home as well, which we've done so good. Have we even lost the game away from home in the Premier League? No, I don't know, but I think you need to take into consideration midweek as well and how fragile we are. If we no, have, yeah, I get that. We have a um, rocky game, then you know mm. our mentality is not is not up to scratch. So yeah, I'm gonna go over one-one with that, and then what well, if we win against PSG? Obviously, it's a different game. It's a different game. It's a proper. It's a proper Man United thing to do is to go beat PSG and then go to West Ham and be two 0 down in the first ten minutes. Exactly. We all know. That's we all know. Unfortunately, that's that's the sad reality right now of how it is. But I still, I still want to keep confidence up. I think Cavani needs to start against PSG and start against uh, West Ham as well. I think West Ham's a kind of perfect opponent for him to start against as well. He looks in great shape for 33 years old. He was running more than anyone else on the pitch. That's what I'm saying. Like, Martial spends more time on the floor and then you got Cavani doing that at the age of 33. It's why, it's why he's achieved all the things he's achieved, right? Then we're going to go 2-1 Liverpool on the weekend. I think Klopp's very fired up and I don't think he's going to take another loss from or draw from his team. So, Sanjay, at the end of the episode, I'll let you plug whatever you need to plug and advertise what you need to advertise. That's perfectly fine. But on behalf of all of us, I just, I just want to say... Friday Night Football's back. We're literally back this yeah. Friday. Do you know how happy I am? <laughs> and we're literally back. 100%. I'm so happy. I'm spinning my mouth around the flat. <laughs> and people say I'm to get some more No, I'm so happy football's back. I'll see most of you Friday. Go on, Sanjay. Cool. Say what you need to say. I'd, I'd, I'd mirror that, bro. I'd say very happy for Friday Night Football to be back. Uh, thank you guys for having me as well. Yeah, no worries. It's good having you on, Sanjay. Cool. I want to say thank you to Vish for introducing us to Sanjay or introducing me to Sanjay. So thank you very much. Yeah, nice one, lads. Peace. Take care, guys. Thank you very much, everyone. See you next week. Bye. Peace out. Bye.